Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hopefully this is the last time you hear this ad, because with Chime Checking Account, features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts. Or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals24. That's chime.com slash goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Yo, 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 happy Monday. What is up, Zinger Nation? My name is Logan Ross, and this is the Moon or Bust Show, your home for all things altcoins and DeFi. I am joined today by my two wonderful co-hosts, Brian Moore, the DeFi developer. How are you doing today, Brian? What's happening? I'm doing great. Hey, I never shouted out that poster. You made that, right? This? This guy? Yes, that's the one. This guy right here? Oh, yeah. It's a beauty. Glad you like it. Yeah, and we also have uh, Mr. Negative 17 Cents in the Bybit, Liquidation Nation, Ryan McNamara. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing better than your Bybit, that's for sure. That's true. What's that, Brian? When you hear that story sometime. Yeah, I mean, it goes how every, everything goes on Bybit. I put in a new Ethereum, try and get 10, lose it. Put in another Ethereum, try and get 10, lose it. Until you just give up. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> until you're left with nothing but negative 17 cents. Uh, so let's, let's before we get into the topics, let's start off the day with a, a chat question. Will Matic go up? Uh, probably, yeah. And yes. That's my opinion. <laughs> Absolutely. All I right. say so too. Awesome. Okay, so we have some really great stuff for you today. We're going to talk about China cracking down on Bitcoin mining. We're going to talk about the the death cross. We're going to talk about Ripple uh, and their ongoing legal situation. 
We're going to talk about flash loans and how they've been exploited uh, to steal money. And we have an interview with Poisonous Pinups team. We're going to be talking about Dogecoin. It's going to be great. So uh, make sure to stay tuned till the end for that. Uh, and if you are new to Benzinga, new to Zinger Nation, welcome to the channel. Make sure you subscribe. Benzinga is the home uh, of all things for the individual investor, trying to empower the individual investor, the retail investor. Uh, we are not the suits. We are the t-shirts and the sweatpants. So uh, welcome to Zinger Nation. So let's get right into it. Let's get into the China crackdown. Um, so if you guys haven't been following the news, uh, basically what's been happening is that China is trying to um, crack down on Bitcoin mining, banning Bitcoin from many of the provinces, banning, banning mining operations from many of the provinces, and also um, not allowing their, their uh, Chinese-based businesses to interact uh, with cryptocurrencies. Um, in my opinion, they're really shooting themselves in the foot now, uh, by doing this. You know, if they want to embrace the, the future, they should be regulating it instead of banning it. Um, but they're scared. They want to protect the, their own interests in their own cryptocurrency, their own national cryptocurrency, the digital yuan. Um, and so, you know, I really think that they're just going to they're going to end up having to take this back and it's going to hurt them in the long term. Let me show you a couple things. I'm going to have to add my uh, screen real quick. Um, all right, so we have the Bitcoin hash rate here. So uh, this is the total mining power on the Bitcoin network. Uh, and you can see towards the beginning of May, there were about 171 exa hashes on the network. Uh, and now there are around 91. Um, a lot of this has been coming from the Chinese shutdowns. And it's about it's almost 50 percent down from the all time high. Uh, so what do you what do you guys make of this situation, Ryan? Do you think China is making the right decision here? Um, I don't think they're making the right decision here, but I do have a hot take. I think this is actually going to be good for Bitcoin in the long term. Really? I think one of the big things with the FUD around Bitcoin is that it's bad for the environment, right? And even though about 30 to 40 percent of the network is powered by renewables right now, almost none of that is from China because China has dirt cheap electricity. So they're just using up all this electricity hmm. that's bad for the environment. And without this mining being available in China, I think that other countries that use more renewable energy will probably start mining Bitcoin and make it a lot cleaner network. And therefore, hopefully Tesla could start accepting it again. And hopefully that FUD around Bitcoin being bad for the environment will soon go away. I like that take. That makes sense to me. Ryan, what do you think? <clears throat> I mean, I, I agree with Ryan. I know he's dove in a little deeper into all this. I, I haven't really paid much attention to it all i mean it, it i think it's affected the price of bitcoin um i think that it's opened up a lot of doors and i think it's done a lot of stuff for the i guess the community and bitcoin itself to try to find ways around this situation um i also like the the sense that of the project chia that came out of it which is kind of what trying to take on Bitcoin, but using, still using that uh, electricity by doing it through hard drives and stuff like that, but finding a better way to do it, I think it's pretty cool. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to go with pretty much what Ryan says because I agree with it. Um, I think he's pretty spot on. Mm -hmm. So we have a, a commenter, WK <clears throat> Harris says, Texas and Tennessee are welcome these Bitcoin miners with open arms, uh, probably do the cheap power. There's another tweet I want to show you. Uh, there's 6,600 pounds. A huge mining operation is being airlifted to Maryland. 
Uh, it's not. It's not sure. I'm not sure whether Maryland is the final destination or just a stopover, like an import, an import place. Um, but yeah, I know that that Texas and Tennessee are attracting a lot of people with That's their right. uh, go Vols. <laughs> cheap electricity. Um, yeah. So so another thing that I wanted to point out is a bottom signal. <laughs> Jim Cramer has almost sold all of his Bitcoin, fearing China. Uh, this this could be a bottom indicator, in my opinion. Um, this guy doesn't really know what he's talking about when it comes to crypto, and so him panic selling uh, is is you know it's there's a lot a lot smarter investors buying it right from him. So um, I just wanted to show you guys that meme, uh, and yeah, it's it's spreading to more and more provinces in China. Um, but well, yeah. something something else I saw about this is. You know, Bitcoin mining is very centralized in China with these huge operations. So mm -hmm. some people are saying that, you know, Bitcoin's going to become more or more decentralized now that China's cracking down on this since, you know, the most centralized mining operations are located in China. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. I read a stat that said something like 70% of all Bitcoin mining power uh, comes from China. So uh, you make a good point, Ryan. It is pretty centralized there. It might be good to, to see it spread out. Okie dokie. Uh, that's all I have on the China situation. Um, you guys have anything you want to add or should we go on to the death cross? I'm, I think we I'm, covered it. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Sounds good. Ryan, do you want to throw your screen uh, onto the, the stream? Yeah, one second. Okay, cool. Oh, so we're screen on the stream. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Um, so, so just to preface this, a Bitcoin death cross is when the 200-day moving average uh, falls below the 50-day moving average. So that means that the, the previous 50 days, if you look back 50 days, um, we were about at the same prices that we are now. We'll, we'll, we'll wait for Ryan to pull up the chart. Um, but sure, can you see is, it yet? No. Let me, let me add it. Yeah, Boom. there you go. Okay. So yeah, like Logan was saying, the death cross is when the 50-day moving average crosses the 200-day moving average. So in a bull market, usually the 200-day moving average is lower than the 50-day moving average um, just because it has more catching up to do, right? Because this is all just based on past prices. Um, so now that Bitcoins came down into this range, you can see that the 50-day and 200-day have indeed crossed. So right here, we have our death cross. Not too much has happened just yet. A lot of people are talking about it. Something may happen. Uh, I personally don't trade on the death cross. I don't really trade on any technical indicators. Uh, we'll get into these lines here. This is called Elliott Wave Theory. That's the one thing I do trade on sometimes. Um, and then these lines we drew out in one of the previous episodes, um, and we marked this as a potential point of resistance, which so far it has been. Uh, it came right up to it, and now it's gone down. Um, my personal stance on Bitcoin is we're probably going to trade within this range. Um, that being said, I mean, you can speculate in any different way. It could go down, uh, and actually Elliott Wave Theory says that we could be seeing a fifth leg down. Um, so what Elliott Wave Theory is, it's based on the psychology of the markets, and there's three impulsive waves and two cor correction waves within each like uh, total wave within Elliott Wave Theory. Um, so you can see this play out a lot. I'll actually go back. I drew a couple uh, instances here on the chart of it. Um, it's really good for like macro trends, but you can also find them on shorter time frames as well. Um, so going back to the bull market in 2017, we can see we had our first impulse wave up where we got to right around 4,800, a corrective wave down where we went down to around 3,600 or so, and then another uh, impulsive wave up 
and then another corrective wave down and something about the corrective waves down, they never go past the previous impulsive wave up. And if it does, then uh, then this trading indicator doesn't usually work as well. Um, as you can see here, it didn't go below. As you can see here, it didn't go below. And then we had our fifth impulse wave up. Uh, so a lot of times it, uh, Bitcoin will go in these waves of five, three impulsive waves, two corrective waves. Uh, we saw it play out in the last bull market really clearly. And then we saw this in, in a little bit of smaller bull market. Um, if you want to call it a bull market, some people just call it a fake out in 2019 where we went up to 13,000. But you can see here we were pretty flat right around 3,500. And then when we saw our first impulse wave up with a correction down. And then we saw our second impulse wave up with another correction down that didn't go below the previous peak. And then we had our last wave up before we corrected. Um, so now going to where we are now, we have had five waves up, one two, three, four, five with the two corrective waves. And now we're on our way down. So this works both going up and going down. Um, and as you can see from the top, we've had one, two, three. And then you could say this is the fourth corrective wave up. And now we're having an impulse wave down. Um, so I could potentially see Bitcoin going down to maybe 25, 26,000, although I don't think that's the most likely scenario. Um, like I said, personally, I think that we're going to be trading within this range and hopefully eventually we'll see a breakout and hopefully another one of these five wave subsets going up. And on the macro scale, hopefully this is the first impulse wave. This is going to be the second corrective wave then hopefully a third impulse wave, maybe up to $80,000 before another corrective wave down. And then our fifth impulse wave bringing us above $100,000. Uh, that's personally how I see the market. Brian or Logan, do you guys have any takes on this? I um, <clears throat> One thing that I did see, I saw an article earlier today um, that usually a death cross indicates a um, it, it going into a bear market. But another um, viewpoint on it is saying that the price is almost kind of baked in to um, – to before like right before the death cross hits because everyone's anticipating it and it could actually mean uh some form momentum because it'll kind of bounce off that where you're just saying off that um resistance so you know it, we talked about how bitcoin i think our level the last time we talked about maybe a month ago or a couple weeks ago was right below 29 like right in that area and i think that we might see that and that's where we could see a bounce but we could also go, you know, all the way to 20 and then have something. I mean, obviously, Bitcoin's not going to die, but there's a lot of stuff that's like going on in the whole crypto sphere that can be, you know, that might be able to push it up or this China thing might be, you know, drag it down even further. I, I think that the China thing does have an impact on the price, a pretty significant one. And I don't think that the the death cross has as much as an impact as that does. So I think whenever one of them blows over, we're going to see that bounce um, back into hopefully all new highs and or we can go sideways like we did talk about. I, I'm hoping that we can see a we go into a bull run instead or continue the bull run instead of a bear market. But, you know, it's, it's again, very speculative, but we will just have to kind of wait it out and see. Definitely. Yeah, all good points. And something I want to point out just really fast is here's a, another death cross. And 
This was one of the more significant death crosses that we've had in recent history, and the price actually pumped up above it before going back down. Um, mm. You can see a few of these, and like they don't really always say that much, right? Here's another one. Nothing really happened. I mean, to me, this doesn't look like like anything happened after it definitively. Um, so you can use it if you want to trade. I don't personally, just because I don't think there's strong enough indication that it actually moves the price, kind of like Brian said. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just another another piece of FUD that's going into the market right now. Um, this is a really speculative industry, speculative market. Uh, so price trades uh, very heavily off of recent news. And anything with death in the name probably isn't <laughs> going to be too good for the price in the short term. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with these guys. Uh, I'm not sure whether it's the bottom is in or not. Um, I'm leaning towards no at this point. I think it could definitely go uh, keep continue to go lower for the next month or two, uh, and or just go sideways. Um, but either way, I think there needs to be some consolidation time uh, before the market cycle can continue. Um, and yeah, a lot of people are saying that this this might mean that the bull run is over. I disagree completely. I mean, obviously we are in a, a short term bear market right now, um, but if you look at the, the three previous market cycles, this is something that, that Benjamin Cowan points out uh, very frequently. See Ryan's shirt right there, Benjamin Cowan gang, what's up? Um, but so, so if you look at the three previous cycles, there's a clear continuing trend of diminishing ROI and lengthening cycles. Uh, so the first cycle had obviously the most ROI potential and was the shortest. The second one had a smaller ROI, took longer. Third one continued that trend. Um, and right now we are on pace with the third one, this being the fourth. Uh, so if we want to, you know, see that trend continue, we are going to need some time to consolidate. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking very bullish for the first half of 2022. Um, is probably when I'll be taking the majority of my profits. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm I have not seen a good argument that this bro, uh, this market cycle is over. This bull market is over. That is my take on it. Um, let's see what we got going on in the chat. We got lots of comments going on about this. Um, let's see, let's see. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Chaz says it's the worst head and shoulders that, that they have ever seen. Um, you know, the, I think that's, I, I don't know, Ryan, do you have any, you're the technical guy. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, the worst head and shoulders. Let me see. Um, so I'm assuming he's talking about just the macro trend from 2021 yeah. from like the first six months. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I kind of see it, but like you can draw head and shoulders wherever you want. Yeah. Uh, head and shoulders is something to wash your hair with, not something to trade on. That's what I like to say. <laughs> so, I mean, trade trade on it if you want, uh, but I, I mean, I don't. So I'm not going to speak any more on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Brian, do you have any other thoughts? No, not really. <clears throat> I kind of laid it out um, what I thought. I think that we could – I think it is – a lot more possible that we hit um, that between 28 and 29 before we see a bounce up. Yeah. But I, I think with that support, I think um, with that being the resistance and support, with that being the support, I don't think we're going to go very far below it. I think once we hit in that range, I mean, that's kind of a, a little bit wider range, but not with Bitcoin. But I think then that's when we're going to see a turn because that's when all the big investors, all the big companies, all the big corporations, that is, I think, where, where if I were to do it, I would put all my money whenever it hits right below 30 and then just, you know, then let it sit and ride. You know, if it goes to 25, OK, that's not a bad deal. 
but it's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna crash back down to 10. It's it's not gonna go really that much farther past 29, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. uh, that's when I think we'll see a lot more um, volume go into actually actually go into Bitcoin. For sure. And I, I heard that Dennis in the pre-market prep show uh, called around 18k uh, as the the midterm bottom. Um, I'm a little bit more bullish than that. I think I'd probably be around the 20 to 25 level. But either way, yeah. I'm holding off on my accumulation for now until uh, the prices are a little bit lower. So that's my plan. That's the move on the death cross. It's really not the end of the world. Uh, this market cycle is still in full effect, in my professional opinion. Um, Okie dokie. So let's move on. Next up, we have Ripple. Brian? So um, Ripple... The um, SEC versus Ripple case, that whole suit that they have against um, the SEC has against Ripple, has was extended to 2022, which just kind of puts it into a more. Um, you just gonna wait even longer for this thing to go go away because you still can't trade uh, XRP in America unless you're using a Dex or using a um, an exchange that doesn't do KYC, mm-hmm. and so you can still get it like on places like KuCoin um, <clears throat> or you know, well, I'll just use that one, but, um, it's a very, it's kind of pretty interesting happenstance because the back in 2017, when all of the, um, when all of the ICOs started booming, there's a huge ICO bubble with crypto. Everybody had a, had a, a blockchain or everyone had a coin did initial token or coin offerings. And, um, then the SEC started shutting that stuff down. They started making sure that if you're if it's going to be a security and not a utility token, but a security and it's part of your investment, and if you buy the token or buy the coin, that means that you are um, investing in the future of the company, and you're actually you own part of the company like a stock. And so the SEC really put a stop to all that because people were making. I mean, there's a lot that goes into this, but people are making all, all this crazy amount of money and then doing rug pulls and just taking all the money. And then people, there's nothing, there's not much anyone can do about it. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to make sure that everyone um, was, uh, it was semi-regulated. And what Ripple did was they offered, uh, let me see if I can get the exact numbers really quick. So they offered about... 1.3 billion unregistered securities, which that means they pulled that in and offered the the token out. And the uh, SEC in Ripple is saying that it was not a security, it wasn't an investment, but it was a um, it, it was kind of in this gray area that wasn't it wasn't necessarily a coin can't be a security at the time, so it was in this gray area. So it's been a, a very long um, legal battle between the two. And now it's just even prolonged even longer or even more. And it's just kind of, you just want it to be over with either make a decision or let us trade it. You know, they've, they have all this money in limbo too. That's just kind of stuck. And so mm-hmm. we just want it. I, I just want it over. Cause I see a lot of potential with ripple and it's one of the older ones and has a pretty cool tokenomics. So I want it to be over personally. That's definitely interesting. I mean, I'm not sure if they are a security or not. I definitely think they're a lot closer to a security than Bitcoin or Ethereum is. Yeah. I mean, those are pretty clear commodities. 
It's going to be interesting, though, to see whether or not uh, the court says if they're a security, because if they are, I mean, that's going to be pretty bearish on the token. People are still holding it in the U.S. They don't have access to it. But if the U.S. isn't going, if U.S. investors aren't going to be able to invest in it any longer, if it is a security, then I don't see much of a point in these people holding it. Yeah, the um, I mean, if one of us were to look at it where we're not, you know, we're, we're not professionals, we're not in the sense of we don't know, we don't work for SEC, we don't, we're not lawyers, we don't really understand this. But me saying that, I mean, it does kind of look like a security. They were, they were just the SEC just, just used them as an example not to do this. But it's such a gray area, like it is right now, that it's hard to prove whether it is or not because it's a, it was a coin it's new it's all so it's 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 very interesting i mean it, it pretty much is security the way they had it all laid out but they did win a few battles um earlier this year and last year that um make it seem like they're going to soon get out of this they'll probably have to pay some money or something will happen but it looks like it might go not necessarily completely in the sec's favor but, you know, Ripple will still be around and hopefully be in America. But in the UK and other countries, it's not really affecting them that much, you know, business wise. Yeah. Sweet. Um, we are running low on time. We've got, got to get to this interview. Uh, do you guys want to skip flash loans till <coughs> next week or I want to cover sure. them really quickly? Or till, till next show on Wednesday? You can probably hold it off for the next show. Okay. We've done it a few times, so yeah. Sounds good. Then, without further ado, it is time for today's interview. We are talking to Jeff from Poisonous Pinups. How you doing today, Jeff? Welcome. What's up? Not too much. You've been following the markets lately? Yeah, and I've been, <clears throat> I was listening to what you guys were saying, and obviously the last thing was XRP, and you yeah. guys have heard of uh, OneCoin, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that was a whole... That was a whole issue. And And they were called the, it's hilarious because they were called the Bitcoin killer. And then Mm -hmm. of course you have another token out now that's called the Dogecoin killer. It's like history kind of just repeats itself. And I think the SEC is, you know, yeah, they did use XRP. I agree as an example. I Mm -hmm. really think that they're really looking into things more than we know. We don't work for them. So yeah, I'm sure there's some stuff going on. Oh, yeah, sure. Awesome. Well, welcome to the stream. Could you tell us about uh, Poisonous Pinups, your company, what you do for them, and your background in crypto? Uh, Yeah, I'm the head editor um, for Poisonous Pinups magazine, uh, Poisonous Pinups LLC. Uh, And currently, right now, we produce um, five magazines. So it's Poisonous Pinups, Poisonous Punks, Poisonous Alt, Poisonous Cosplays. And then we're running a new magazine, which is called Fandibles. It's basically going to be about crypto collectibles toys comics all that stuff so that's uh something new we're working on um and i myself personally got involved in um crypto uh probably around the beginning of the year i got involved investing um a few years ago but crypto i got into about a year ago and brought it into the company um so that we could take crypto as as a form of payment mostly specifically because of doge so it was dogecoin that did that for me awesome well you guys accept dogecoin yeah. Correct. Yeah, we've been accepting Dogecoin since the beginning of March. So long before Cuban, long before all that, we were like, I want to take it. How do I do it? Uh, I found the way to do it, did it. And now basically 
um, you know, I, I host spaces, so people come to me a lot for stuff. I'm, I'm with a bunch of the other people that are helping spearhead the Doge movement, and I will constantly tell people, like, this is how you do it. You know, I'll give you people to go to, you know, so you can start taking Doge. And I've already gotten a bunch of merchants signed up, so it's really cool. That's sweet. So when people pay you in Doge, do you keep that Doge on your balance sheet, or do you convert it into something else? No, uh, and actually, it's I use coinpayments.net. Uh, they actually give you your own merchant wallet. So it sits in there. There's really nothing you can do with it unless you transfer it out. So it is in there. It's in the balance sheet. It stays, um, you know, you could transfer in or transfer out, but that's pretty much it. I try to recommend that to everybody instead of BitPay because there's no conversion directly into fiat. Uh, it keeps the it keeps the coin circulating, you know, it keeps it set. So I know we don't always, I always like to say, you know, you got to hold, you got to spend and you got to do only good every, you know, do only good every day. So it's like you use some for donations too. So you kind of do a little bit of everything, but holding is part of the reason why a price rises. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta, some people got to hold, you can't just always sell it. So yeah. Sweet. So, so what makes you so bullish on Dogecoin's future? Um, I've been bullish on it since the beginning. Obviously, I got in way early, uh, not as early as a lot of other people I got in, in uh, I think, just the end of February. So, um, again, like when you were showing the Bitcoin chart, you can see that Doge, when its initial spike happened, it hasn't gone down to that much, which is $0.09. Cents. Mm -hmm. So we, we sat for a while at 9 and then boom, it shot up. So now we're at 20 So, you know, I still – it has a huge utility behind it. It, it – it, it has a powerful utility. It has a powerful speed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's the impact on the environment for mining is not as much as Bitcoin. Um, you know, so there's a lot of good things about it. It's had a lot of updates. The, there's a current update now, which is it just passed is the 1.14.4. So uh, Dogecoin, I think, has gone, if I believe, has gone through about 158 uh, changes or upgrades. And uh, I think this one itself sets the fees lower. So now the fees will be even lower for Doge, which were already really low. So in uh, the speed, like I said, guys, is fast. I can literally stand in front of you at a convention. You say, hey, you take Dogecoin? I say, yeah, what you got? What you want? You say, I want a shirt. Boom. I could literally do it on my phone. You scan the QR code in, and mm -hmm. it's within my wallet in under a minute through my store transactions. Yeah, that's definitely uh, really beneficial for, for quick payments for peer-to-peer -peer yep. payments. Dogecoin is definitely uh, the way to go over Bitcoin for small purchases because the transaction fees are smaller. It, uh, it will uh, not price out so many people. Um, but there's also there's also the side of it is like, why is it is it cheaper? Um, because they have a smaller block size, or sorry, a larger One block minute. size, which, which leads to more centralization. Um, so is that something that concerns you? How do you weigh those two, uh, those, those trade-offs? Well, I know their block time's a minute, uh, and, and I know the size will increase eventually. You know, and obviously, my whole thing is developers are constantly working, right? So if you've seen that we've gone through 158 developments in the coin since its inception, then you know that as something increases, whether it's the block size or whatever it is, there's going to be something that will be developed that will allow for that. It's just like with the whole inflationary thing because it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, oh God, Dogecoin isn't capped. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's no good. You know what I mean? No, that's not how it works. It's actually set up to deflate as it goes through time. So per year, it, it goes down. It so actually doesn't it, anymore. It, it did that for, uh, from the beginning, but it stopped, uh, it stopped cutting its payout reward. Uh, was that worked a into a ago. development or? Uh, no, the, the original, so, so um, the, 
amount of amount of doge that was printed and issued to the miners yeah. uh, would have i think it was um every so often uh, until it reached the the this bottom level that was set by the developers uh which was reached a long time ago so now i thought the, that was uh, removed by jackson at when when would that have been i pretty sure that happened probably about uh just before he left the project I mean, you can, I don't know for sure. I've looked up most of the information, but I, I could have swore that he removed that. It's it's possible. I mean, I, I don't know for sure. I, like, you know, I have to look into it further. Yeah, definitely. So, Jeff, do you because know it, when the happenings happen? Like, is it every four years like Bitcoin or is it, is it like every one year? Or how, it was you know supposed to be every year. And as far okay. as I knew, as far as Billy Marcus is concerned, uh, which is the co-creator, and he's still involved in the community, uh, mm -hmm. from what I heard is the way he described it, was he still describes it as being the inflationary deflationary where it you know it it's a weird term but it's it's how it works so i i had assumed that it was still doing that i mean you know logan says it's not it, it may be true i don't know yeah. uh well there's a definitely there's definitely yeah. a lot of coins that are inflationary that can be deflationary so like for example ethereum could be deflationary once eip 1559 comes out but it doesn't have to be like it, it depends a lot on the network and i'm not sure if that's the same with doge um but i know like you can have inflation but still possible deflation because new coins are minted but then coins could also be burned um i'm not sure if that's exactly Lost what burn. you're talking about or if it's if it's more just happening of the rewards or, or what it exactly is i haven't really looked into the technicals there um, personally, I don't really feel like the technicals on Doge are as important as the utility, which comes from its users, right? So like looking at other cryptocurrencies, there are definitely a lot of other cryptos that are more advanced in Doge in almost every other way, right? There's smart contracts on a lot of cryptocurrencies that Doge doesn't have, which isn't really its niche, so it's not too important. But there are other cryptocurrencies that are cheaper. There are other cryptocurrencies that are faster. What I think mm -hmm. is most important about Doge is the user base behind it because it has the most users out of any of these payment technologies. So I could see like a place for Doge for payments just because of the huge user base it has and because it's merge mined with Litecoin. So it has a bigger network than a lot of its competitors. Yeah, I agree. It, it, and obviously it was set up where <laughs> The way it was set up, you can't have it can't have smart contracts, but it can be wrapped. So yep. you know, what I mean, if it's wrapped with Ethereum or or whatever, it can be. But you're right. I think that the outlining factor is that there are so many people using it, and each every day as new merchants are will begin to start to take it. You know, it it sets up a whole chain reaction where it's constantly circulating, whether it's converted to fiat or not. Um, you know, it's just going to be bought back eventually. You know, and again. That whole thing is is when you say it, if they could be burned, which obviously some I think in the past there was something called Doge Party or something where there was a bunch of coins burned. They're sitting in a wallet, uh, untouchable. So, um, but I know that if they're lost, uh, this was set up. I think some of that was set up in case some Doge was lost or whatever to, to to factor that into the amount of coins in circulation. Plus, again, if more merchants take it and more people are spending it, you got to have more coins. You can't, you know what I mean? Like if it's going to be spent all across the world, right? You have to have enough coins for people to have. Now, Bitcoin is accepted in, you know, El Salvador and wherever, 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 you know, not to talk bad about Bitcoin. I don't have any more. I got rid of mine. Um, but, you know, I still believe it's a, obviously it's the granddaddy coin. So it's the original. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Bitcoin, you know, but the issue is there's only so many. And as it rises in price, it's harder for people to get a hold of it to use. And yes, there's Satoshis. People have, I've been in arguments with people about they got the Satoshi and they got the Satoshi wallet and they got this. Okay, I get it. So 
that's fine. But majority wants to keep it as uh, an investment, which is great. And I see Dogecoin as a currency. My whole thing is always Bitcoin is gold, Ethereum silver, and Dogecoin is a currency. I would call it like USD times two, you know, like it's, it's being a currency that you can use to spend on things you want goods at that time. This is what it's worth. Okay. So, so let me just jump in here for a second. I, I um, did some more research. I found the answer. Uh, so Dogecoin ha uh, halvings happened every 100,000 blocks, uh, splitting the reward approximately every 69 days. Uh, but that w uh, that stopped with the 10K Doge reward, um, which uh, reached, was reached in 2015. So the reward has been 10K per block since 2015. It is no longer having, uh, which means that it will be, well, it's predictable inflation. It will continue to permanently inflate. Um, so, so something I want to talk about is why do you think that um, Satoshi's, why do you think that a, a capped supply is not as good as an uncapped supply? Because if you want it as an investment, um, then wouldn't you want it to, you know, keep its value? Uh, so if you want it as an investment, you'd want it to be capped. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so but you, you don't. Be so, so me. So, yeah, you're asking the wrong guy for that one because I'm a merchant and I want people to spend it. So I'm going to want it uncapped, which is what Doge is. Doge is meant to be uncapped so that people, like I said, can spend it. And obviously you found the information, which is cool. And um, yeah, I just think that uncapped allows a, a greater circulation across the world for it to be used as a currency. Now, you know, not to say, I'm not saying I don't want Dogecoin to go to $50,000 for one, one coin, or I don't, or I do, you know, I'm saying that it's eventually going to be set up where people can spend it. It'll reach a stable amount, whether it's stable and climbing to a certain amount over a long period of time, that's fine too. You know what I mean? It's going to be able to be used. And that's what I think, you know, some people have it as in, some people hold it, some people have it as an, as an investment and some people spend it and some people use it for donations and tipping. So it's good for all of it. You know, it's not, that's what I'm saying. It's not just meant for one thing. It's meant for many things. And as you guys know, if you did your research, you know that it was created because of that point, because Bitcoin had already passed its point where it could be, it could be used like that. It just kind of got away from itself. And then a bunch of other coins came around and were like, we're going to be the next Bitcoin. And Doge was like, Doge came out as like a, you know, uh, and people say lighthearted. Some people say it came out as a joke. Yeah, it was created as a joke. Billy Marcus says that, you know, people say it was created as a joke. And, you know, now the, the way it's being used, that's not the case. It, it's still fun. So I consider it fun and lighthearted and a currency and something for the community to gather around. That's basically how I see it. Yeah, I love it as that and the community loves it as that and whatever it takes to get people into crypto, I think is is great for the future. Um, but it's hard to get the big merchants involved, you know, like uh, Amazon and some of the bigger ones because of that fact. But you know what? It's like, you know, step away from your suit and tie board meetings and just look at the heart of it and understand that you do eventually have to go past what you see. Like if you see it a certain way. You know what I mean? You're always going to see it that way. And that's your loss. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of these bigger companies need to actually look at the bigger picture. And this is the point where I said I wanted to come on and say, you know, you got a lot of FUD out there. There's tons of FUD <clears throat> about like it hasn't been upgraded. You know, it has no utility. And they just keep going with the same stuff over and over. It was listed on Coinbase and it didn't do well after that. Like, who cares? That's not that wasn't the point. Like it got on Coinbase and it was just really hodgepodge the way it was put on there too there was a lot of weird stuff so not conspiracy theories but you know obviously it was rushed into things and i think 
you know, people had already bought before that and they just transfer their stuff to Coinbase and are going to use it later. But again, the FUD on the major news sites is what keeps major corporations from looking at it as like, hey, this could actually be used as something and it is a currency and people are using it as a currency. That's how they need to see it. And the more people get out there and explain that, the better it is for Dogecoin and for the community. So compared to other currencies like Stellar Lumens that has uh, lower transaction times and fees, why would you pick Dogecoin? What is uh what is uh, Stellar Lumens uh, transaction time? Uh, it's I don't know, it's really fast. It's like under 10, ten seconds. Yeah. yeah. Under ten seconds. That's that's quick. Yeah. And obviously Doge is a little more than that. Mm -hmm. Um it, I guess it depends on what Stellar Lumen was set up for. Um payments I actually for payments. Yeah. 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 So payments for and which which uh, companies are using it. So XLM was made for um not not only peer to peer that's like the the very end of their product it's made for global payments from companies banks businesses merchants all that kind of stuff so it it's pretty much i mean it's it's a little like a doge in that in that sense they have it's a little bit different but um they uh they also i mean they don't do a proof of work so that's why they're so much faster but that's a whole you know it's a whole that doesn't really matter too much on what protocol it is but there is yeah, depends payment. on what you what you like i mean what you want to use um you know as a payment and obviously there's nothing wrong with having 20 bags of 20 different cryptos yeah, that you use you could use stellar you could use mm -hmm. doge you could use satoshis you could use a numerous amount of payments on the day that you feel like using whatever you want to use like hey today i'm going to use satoshi to buy a coffee or today i'm going to use dogecoin to buy a coffee you know what i mean like you can use whatever you want and you can have multiple bags set up to do that depending yeah. on how you feel how the price is going or you know how you feel about it as an investment or as you know uh, a currency you know how you feel about it as a currency so i guess it depends on the people and we don't just take dogecoin i mean I'm, all our sales have been 100 percent doge up till now um and i've done a ton so but obviously i've offered bitcoin i've offered like probably eight different coins crypto um cryptopayments.net they have probably over 200 coins listed called coins and tokens that i could take as a form of payment but i've only done about eight that I have listed right now. And, you know, it's all been Dogecoin. Yeah, you make a great point. It's they're not exclusive there. There can be more than one um, in the long term. But I want to yeah. throw it out to the chat. What do you guys think? Can you uh, drop a response? Drop a comment? Are you are you team Doge? Are you team something else? If you are, let us know what team you are on. Uh, and while you're down there, make sure to smash the like button so other people who are interested in this type of content can find it. Um, also, if you're interested in just crypto, Benzinga has a brand new uh, crypto exclusive channel, uh, which you can find the first link in the description. Uh, make sure you go subscribe to that and then come right back. Um, but yeah, so we'll wait for the chat to give us some responses. We'll see what team they're on. Um, but so, they, so could, they, they could check out for information too online. Now, obviously, you know, you can yeah. you can go to the Dogecoin website, dogecoin.com, and it's got it's got the information. It's got, uh, you know, uh, transaction times, all that. It, you know, the developers also have their own. Uh, Twitter page so you can go there and see what they're working on. You get to the GitHub and see obviously the latest version, which is uh, the 1.14.4. So you can see everything that's being worked on. Um, you know, so you can, that's what I'm saying. Like these people come out that are like experts and are like, yeah, it has, doesn't have this. I'm like, did you even bother looking? Like, did you look at the information? It's, it's there so you could see it. So I don't know if they maybe don't believe it. Like I don't, sometimes I don't get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you guys know you did, you do your work. So you know, 
what Dogecoin has or what it doesn't have, or, you know what I mean? Like that's important. Look at something before you just say what you think is, a, you know, not a good choice and you don't even look at all the information that's involved. So that's, that's my issue, but that's most of the media. Uh, you guys have been good. You know, like I said, this has been a, a good uh, back and forth too. So uh, it's nice. What do you think about, <clears throat> so um, you like Doge as, do you not, do you like it for its utility? Do you like it how it, like it's your payment, the way you want to accept payments, you want every, want it to be widely used, but you're not really as concerned about the price or do you think that the more it gets used, the more the price will go up and like you'd recommend either holding or just, you know, spreading, I guess, more correct information or more informed information about it like what would you rather be really bullish and you know hit a dollar one day or do you really only you mainly want you know it to be widely used as a payment uh provider uh, i don't see why hitting a dollar i mean hitting a dollar would be great i mean that still would be yeah. if it hits five dollars if it hits ten dollars it can still be used um uh for smaller purchases or even larger purchases you know, I don't, I don't think that that matters. And I'm obviously still bullish on it as an investor and as a business in the community. We have the saying one doge equals one doge. And that's the way it's always been. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether it's 20 cents or it's a dollar or it's a hundred dollars. One doge is always equal one doge. So basically, if I want to buy a shirt, I'm spending this amount of doge for that shirt. Whatever happens after that, I've already gotten my shirt. and I'm happy. I got to spend some doge. And, you know, out of my doge bag that I use for spending. And that's that. And that's why I always say, you know, spend, hold. It depends on what you want to do. I try to do all of it. I, I hold some. I have probably like four different wallets plus my merchant wallet, which is held. Now, if I could spend, if I could use the doge that I brought in into the merchant wallet, which I've, I'm attempting to do so, if I could use that to pay for inks for my magazine or my glossy paper or um, you know, uh, inks for, for printing my, we, we are in-house now for our, our shirts and stuff. If I could pay for that with that and use the doge that I brought in through the merchant wallet would be awesome because then that would keep the doge going. Like I said, it's one doge equals one doge. So then I could use that doge without having to convert it to fiat. And then that person could use that doge for something. And along the lines it just keeps, it's like pay it forward, but with doge. Yeah. I'd have to call it doge it forward. I'm gonna have to start a, uh, a hashtag now. <laughs> I mean, a pretty good one. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. <clears throat> I was really getting at like, uh, because the way the supply works, the way the the mechani mechanisms of the actual, you know, the code and the contract work, you know, the price isn't really meant to go up in, in a sense. Like the whole, the it, it wasn't built for that. It wasn't made for that. But it, it is being upgraded and it's being a lot more upgraded than people yeah. do realize. And I 100% I agree with that. And there's a, a huge community of developers that volunteer to push a lot of stuff and they've increased the times and done a lot better things. Um, my, my personal opinion is, you know, I think you should have some in your portfolio, you know, because you never know when it's going to rip off and go sure. back up to 60 or go back down to eight and then do it again. You know, you never know. It's not going anywhere. Um, I don't see it being very like long term. I don't see it getting, you know, above a dollar, five dollars, all that kind of stuff. But I do see it being widely spread in a very profitable coin if played right. And I think that that's that's one of the messages I've been wanting to portray to other people, because I think on the show we've we've kind of not necessarily bashed Doge, but not really taken the time to kind of explain why we feel that way. 
And that's how, that's my opinion on it. I, I do like and, it. I hope it's widely used more, but yeah. And you're saying, obviously, you know, as it climbs in price and it, as you know, you're going to have paper hands. So as it climbs in price, people are going to sell it. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with taking a profit, you know, again, hold, sell, use it for donations, do what you want with it. You know what I mean? Like do what you want. Obviously we can't all be like AMC and be like, hold strong. You know what I mean? Like, and I have AMC too. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like it, you have to use it. You have to, it has to be used. It, you know, you can also hold it. And as it climbs over time, I believe it will climb. You're saying it won't. I believe that you'll have corrections. So people, you have corrections, you have market corrections, you have people selling it. So it'll dip back down. It'll come back up. But eventually, like I said, I think it will have a, a steady climb as it goes. And like you said, they're constantly developing it. So there will be a way uh, to, to adjust for that growth and still keep it to be able to be spent, you know, as a currency uh, for items. So I think that's, I think the limits are endless for it. I think, you know, obviously I'm a Dogecoin fan. So yeah, I may sound a little biased, but yeah, I'm saying, I think that it's limitless. Like there's a lot of stuff that can still be done with it. And, you know, when it hit its popularity again, I think a lot of people got involved and were like, hey, we can do this with it. We could do this with it. We could do this. We can have, you know, a Doja Palooza. We can have a Doge convention. We can have this. So it's starting to grow uh, even more so than it did, you know, originally when it started. And it had already grown quick at that point. So I think it's just starting all over again and people are really getting involved. And there's a lot of stuff going on, like so much stuff. Like I'm looking at tons of stuff going on on Twitter, like, wow, there's so many people have ideas and things going on. So I think it's going to be really good. And it will eventually, I, I think it will climb, you know, whether it reaches a hundred, you did say earlier something about flipping Bitcoin. Well, if it can't get past the dollar, it's not going to flip Bitcoin. So, you know what I mean? Like to, to take you up on that, it, it, obviously if it was to flip or cross over Bitcoin guys, it would have to get, it would have to grow in its amount. So I don't, you know, whether it will happen or won't, I'm not saying whether it will or won't like, there's no saying crypto is is a crazy animal especially doge uh, doge will rise doge will go down doge will come back up doge will bark doge does what it wants you know there's no holding the doge even with a leash it's just gonna it's gonna unleash itself and do what it wants and that's that so yeah so speaking so. of leash what do you think about shiba inu <laughs> so I that's awesome uh shiba uh shiba inu is you know i get it uh they want to have their own thing and again i'll run it back to one coin what was OneCoin? OneCoin was the Bitcoin killer and they were involved in some shady stuff. They were supposed to be doing charity work and all this stuff. And then, you know, the lady took the money and ran. <clears throat> so I'm not saying uh, she was doing that, but I'm mm -hmm. saying, you know, they're calling themselves the Dogecoin killer. That's on their wolf paper, their white paper. Mm -hmm. So you're basically coming right out the gate saying you're going to kill Dogecoin, which obviously I, I do not see that happening. But, you know, that's that's what they want to do. Their community is a completely different community. And are some crossed over? Yes. Are some Doge holders have Shiba? Some Doge holders have Baby Doge. You guys heard Baby Doge. So that's it's cute. Look at the little Baby Doge is cute. You know what I mean? But and I'm like, I'm, I'm a Doge holder, but I'm like, oh, Baby Doge is so cute. And then you have other ones that are out safe moon. You got all this stuff. So there's nothing wrong with holding different stuff. You know, if you stay true to Doge and that's your community and you want to have some other stuff, that's great. You know, do what you can do to make money because eventually you're just going to put your profits back in a Doge and that helps Dogecoin. So, <laughs> but yeah, Shiba, it's it's a completely different community. Um, I, I, I don't think it's set up the same way as the Dogecoin community. It's not uh, fun. It's 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 different. 
you know, right off the bat with the way you started a coin token, I should say, because it's not a coin. There's a difference. When you started that token the way you did, you kind of you kind of already set how you were going to be and how your community was going to be. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's something that they have to work through and explain. Mm. So you said you prefer you said earlier you prefer uh, Dogecoin as a payment solution, right? Over over an investment. Uh, well, no, I mean, technically, I do both. Uh, technically, okay. I, I prefer it as a payment solution. And I also like it as an investment because, you know, if it does go up one day and shoots up to a dollar or two dollars, that's great. And you could take a little profit from it, but you can still right. hold, you know, you can still have some that you're holding that you use for the currency part of it. That's why I say. Right. So, so what percentage would you say you hold in Doge versus in other investments? Uh, Doge, I hold the most. Uh, my percentage in Doge is probably 80 something percent. Okay. I mean, with the stocks and everything. So if you include all my, my total investments, sure. I am I am full in. And I was full in yeah. even before that. You know, I had more Doge than I have now. I did mm -hmm. take my initial, some of my initial out. I didn't touch any of the, the merchant uh, payments. Mm -hmm. But my personal investment, I took a little bit out of what I had put in. Just my initial investment because that's smart. You know, you take out your your initial money that you put in and you let the rest ride. And that's, yeah. that's how I've always done stocks. That's how I've done all my investments. So. But yeah, I mean, I've recouped most of it, especially now when it's when it's dropping low. I, I bought, so I bought, I bought a ton of the dips yesterday and today. So I'll probably continue to buy the dips. I keep telling everybody buy the dips. For sure, awesome. Well, if you're buying the dip, uh, make sure you you drop us a comment and let us know. Um, we are running out of time for today. Uh, so Jeff, is there anything that you want to tell the audience? Any shout outs you want to give? The floor is yours. Uh, obviously, shout out to Billy Marcus co-creator of uh, Dogecoin, super cool dude, super humble. He's always with the community speaking. Um, uh, Coco, uh, Chanel, she's on, um, she has her own spaces. Um, you know, there's a bunch, a ton of people, Lucas Bean. Um, also, I'm trying to remember everybody. There's just a ton, but Steven Steele, uh, Nick Balls, there's a bunch of people on Twitter that represent Doge. And you can clearly see the community from those people and you can see what's going on. And um, as far as uh, we go with Poisonous Pinups, I'm going to be releasing a shirt. Uh, it's done by uh, a guy named Outer Space Frisbee on uh, Twitter. And it's basically, it's the, um, it's like our shirt Whoop, this way. Cause I know I'm opposite on the camera. Mm -hmm. but, so it's our, it's our, we call her Poisonous Cherry. And basically uh, it'll be her on the front and she's got the little Shiba Inu and he's got the little Dogecoin in his hand. And on the back, it's 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 pretty much set up like our shirts. Instead of saying Poisonous Pinups, it says Poisonous Pinups loves Doge. So we're going to have those up on the store soon. We're doing all our in-house uh, uh, merchandise. And like I said, we're going to have our new Fandibles magazine out as well. So uh, trying to really do a lot of stuff with that. And I'm going to be giving a percentage back to Billy because it is technically like licensing it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's still his baby. And so I think that's a good thing for everybody. Awesome. So if you want to follow along with that, the link to the Poisonous Pinups website is in the description. The second link, uh, you can go find them there or on Twitter. What's your handle? Uh, handle on Twitter is Poisonous Pinups. Uh, awesome. You know, the store is real easy to use. You can go on there. And uh, like I said, we use uh, we use Equid as our store through um, WordPress. And then we use CoinPayments.net as our crypto uh, payment system. And it's quick. It's easy. Um, you know, yeah. Awesome. Well, that's all for me today. You guys have anything you want to add, uh, Brian or Ryan? No, thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah no problem. Thanks for, man. <clears throat> thanks for coming. It was great. And thank you to the audience for coming watching today. We will see you Wednesday at 2 p.m. Have a good one.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth. So you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save 